Welcome to the Hyphen Young Adult Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to equip and empower young adults to be the church outside the four walls. Here to guide the conversation along, I am your host, Jennifer Malik, and joining me is Evan Zenobia. It's time to take the call. Hey guys, so welcome back to the National Hyphen Podcast. As promised, we have part two of our conversation with Pastor Scott Shoemake, and we hope you all enjoy this episode as much as we did. But yeah, we're, I mean, we're talking about the why and how that is what makes us disciplined in our, in our lives and, and knowing that why. Um, and I think a lot in young adult ministry, it's, it has to start with that. It has to, well, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because other people are doing this? Are you doing this because yeah. it's cool? Are you doing it? Even if you think of church planting, it's like, okay, everyone's like, oh, church planting, right? And you can get caught in that. Well, like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to do this because this is, this is it. This is the thing right now. But if you don't have that, why you're going to burn out and it's going to end up not being what God called you to do. I've seen it happen. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it does. And so I think just coming back to that point of you have to know your why you have to know in the morning when you get up what that is. And something we talked about with calling our first episode too, is the things that you're passionate about, the giftings that you have, that God has placed inside of you. That's part of your why. And that's yeah. part of why you do the things. That's part of your side hustles that can be given back to the kingdom of God that can bring glory to God. Everything in our lives is intentional. Yeah. You know, even I'm thinking of you talking about surfing. That's intentional because you get connected to the surf community that a lot of people in our movement are not connected to. Right. That is awesome. And I think for me, I think of that as somewhere where you feel like you're kind of like on the outside, like, you you, you know, you're a little on the outskirts. That's who God uses that to reach people that no one else is going to be able to reach. Yeah. And I think that's what I want to communicate to young adults today, too, is if there's something that you're passionate about and, you know, God's placed inside of you, if you give that back to God, God will position you to reach people that no one else is going to be able to reach. Yeah, that that's part of it. And so that's what I wanted to ask you, too, even like with your, you know, with these side hustles, with other things that you do, how is God used to that for the kingdom? You know, it's not just inside the church building. Yeah. Uh, man, we could we could wrap on that for a while because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm passionate about that of having a, an identity mm-hmm. um, that is rooted and grounded in the word, mm-hmm. but also rooted and grounded in your calling and in mm-hmm. your purpose. And we get into this like imitation copycat. Yeah. If you're not this conference preacher, mm-hmm. you're not really doing it. If you're not doing this, and you're at headquarters, dude, you, I mean, like, you're in, <laughs> I don't, you're in the I'm going to cut hub, this, too. I don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, actually, actually, one of the things I love about, about headquarters is, like, you you look around, and you've got, you know, uh, our, our NAM director. I guess I'm under tenure, so I'm still mm-hmm. technically considered a church planner. Yeah. But you got our NAM director. Like, he's got blood in the game. <laughs> he's got sweat in the game. You've got your global missions director. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never forget his story of like driving. I think it was in Nicaragua where he's driving and there's like like dudes with AK-47s yeah. and he just said Jesus and floored it. And like they they went through like a rock or something. There's an wow. amazing story that he shares, you know. You've got, I mean, Brother Bernard, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, one of my heroes as a church mm-hmm. planner that, I mean, planted church, planted churches mm-hmm. um, all the while, like, you know, getting his doctorate and mm-hmm. all these other things, you know, so like 
you've got all these people. That avid bird watcher. Avid bird watcher. Photographer. Yeah. I saw you. Avid is, reader. I, well, reads like 120 books. I don't even years. know. Right. If that, there's another classification. Yeah. It's not like avid at that point when you're like, yeah, I've done 150 books this year. You go, that's like, there's a, there's a level beyond. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, Brother Bernard, um, I don't know if he's real sometimes. <laughs> It's kind of the Elon Musk. He's the Elon Musk of, of the UPC. Is he real? Like, does he even exist? Not only do I say that. Or how him at headquarters. Or how, but how many of them are? Has, oh, has there been true. a day where he's in the office one day and you see a car going and you're like, I knew it. No, no. Right. I just, he's a legend. He's I mean, amazing. a legend. Yeah. And I'm not like just paying lip service. Yeah. I just, I just honor those. So mm, I absolutely. honor those distinct ministries and they've done it in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, not every missionary has to dance around the platform mm -hmm. like uh, Brother Howell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got, um, you know, I, I know I, I've spent time in the Dominican, Dominican Republic with um, brother Steve Shirley, like I filmed their, um, their deputation mission missions video, we spent time driving all around the country. Um, I've seen brother Shirley get moved, but he's a real, just, you know, steadfast, unmovable mm -hmm. kind of guy. He's not boring. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't see him dancing around the platform at general conference, mm -hmm. but he knows his ministry. He knows his right, calling yeah. and he's doing a tremendous job in the DR. Sure. Um, and brother Howell is doing a tremendous job. And so you have to know, like, who you are. Yes. Um, and I think having that intentionality brings an identity. Mm -hmm. When you have an identity, you're not worried about what people mm -hmm. say. Um, and it, it comes back. I, I go back to that quote that I had earlier, mm -hmm. where it's like, uh, comfortable people have a lot of opinions and talk a lot. Desperate people just have Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want to just have Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a constant state of desperation. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a constant state. I love Elder Price, who was our superintendent in the Western District for years. Um, and just an amazing man of God. But i never forget one of the most powerful things that he would always say is, I just want to know Jesus. And here's a seasoned man who's, you know, pastored for years, preached everywhere, all of these things. And He's towards the end of his life talking about, I just want to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And who are we to think, well, I got to do yeah. this ministry and I got to be mm -hmm. like this and I got to imitate mm -hmm. this and copy this. And I got to get in with these guys mm -hmm. and, and hobnob and, and I got to sit in this section out because of the times and I got to, you know, rub shoulders with this. Mm -hmm. And, and here's, here's Elder Price. I just want to know Jesus mm -hmm. and the impact that he had on so many ministries. Yes, yeah. And it comes from that. So I think, it comes from identity. And then when you're secure in your identity, right, when we yeah. planted Coast Church, um, we were like not wearing ties before it was like cool to not wear ties. And <laughs> wherever you're out on that, let me, let me just say this. I have grace for everybody. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. of course. Uh, right, and yeah. not only that, but I have respect for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if I go to a church that wears ties, I wear a tie. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like go and force what I have mm -hmm. in my identity. Right. But I was planning a church in a beachside community, mm -hmm. which... You're in, in Ventura, you're either like uh, you're either like retired and living there because it's beautiful and it's on the coast mm -hmm. or you're like blue collar and working hard. So mm -hmm. either way, nobody's wearing suits like our mayor is not wearing a suit and tie like they're wearing like a, like a Jimmy Buffett mm -hmm. Hawaiian looking shirt. <laughs> um, it's kind of, you know, Palo Alto, same yeah. thing, like where, where I grew up, like you have one of the 
richest people in the world, Mark Zuckerberg, and he's wearing a gray hoodie to work every every day. Um, so a lot of it is cultural context. We don't always want to fit ourselves to the culture, mm-hmm. but we want to be aware of it. Um, and so I realized, you know what, if I come here in my suit and tie and and I was friends with a custom clothier, shout out to um, our Douglas uh, custom suits up in uh, Sacramento, a uh, good friend of mine I grew up with. I photographed his wedding and um, and I had some awesome custom suits. Sure. Oh man, I, I shot a wedding in Thailand. I got some custom suits and shirts. And man, I I could be spiffy, you know what I mean? And people are like, bro, where'd you get that? What kind of t-? you know? So I had that. They stayed on my shelf. I like dressing up. I like wearing a suit and tie. My wife liked me in a suit and tie. But I realized, you know what? I'm reaching a beach culture here. I'm reaching a city. There was a lot of blue collar. We're, Ventura is known for. Obviously, it's beaches. It's on the coast, but we're also known for like hot rods because they run like an NHRA. They do good guys shows, which are like big like car shows. Uh, the fairgrounds, it, a lot of auto racing companies have come out of there. So it's a lot of like blue collar, gritty, um, you know, so beach surfer and then this this gritty. And I'm like, if I'm wearing a suit and tie, it's going to probably be off putting to be a church planner starting brand new. So I'm not right. doing it. However, in the middle of that, there were people like, Oh, who's this compromising, blah, 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 you know, like <laughs> not wearing a tie. Who do they think they are? You know, and, and I, I heard those voices. Mm-hmm. I'm not just making that up. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard and and but I had to be secure in my identity and yeah. my calling and know yeah. like, hey, you know what? I'm not doing this for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this to disrespect them either, because mm-hmm. you do have to be aware of that. Right. Of like, course. I'm not doing this to be a contrarian. I'm mm-hmm. doing this to be a rebel. I'm, I'm doing this because I don't want to be a roadblock block between somebody coming to Jesus. Yes. I don't ever want to say what I did because mm-hmm. of my pride or because of my tradition. And mm-hmm. not all tradition is bad. Right. But I don't want anything, any part of that to ever become between me, it, me being a roadblock, mm-hmm. a stumbling block to somebody coming to Jesus. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's what like Paul majored in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Peter majored in that. They were like, you know, if you can eat whatever you want. I, I saw the dream. Like mm. it's, it's okay. We don't have to like eat the kosher diet anymore. So, um, that, that's kind of where I'm on that, but it comes back from identity. Yeah. It comes back from purpose and why yeah. and calling mm-hmm. and not just doing it to imitate, not mm-hmm. just doing it to like, Oh man, I love their merch. We need merch like that. Hey, get us merch, right. you know? Right. And we can fall like yeah. so into that. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think God is, is calling us with uniqueness, distinction. Mm-hmm. He's calling us with distinction, I think, um, mm-hmm. to reach certain people. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is there's going to be people that do things differently than me. Yeah. And I love that. Why? Because I'm secure in myself mm-hmm. and I love the kingdom. And I realize there's going to be other people reaching others that, that I'm not cut out yeah. to reach. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we've got to get beyond ourselves and mm-hmm. we, we've got to get in that kingdom mindset and say, you know what? It takes all kinds. Yes. Um, look at the 12 disciples, yeah. how different they were. Yeah. Right. So true. I love that you're saying that because I'm thinking, you know, we talk about how the church is a multicultural church, right? Yeah. It's not only made up of different ethnicities, but it's also made up of just different people, different cultures, different backgrounds. And so the way that you're going to be reaching people, Ventura is going to be different from someone like Evans in St. Louis, right? Like that's, it's going to be a different demographic. Yeah. And you can't like, and I hear this too, like in missionary work, you don't go into a country bringing American culture into that country because you're not going to be able to reach people. And we get with this mindset that says, oh, well, we're better. This is what we have. In all actuality, 
this culture is beautiful. This culture is created by, you know, by God, this country, these people. And you come in and you, it's just that simple gospel. Yeah. It's Jesus. That's Absolutely. what you're, that's what you're yeah. bringing in, yeah. into a culture and celebrating yeah. that. And that's what we can see in all various places. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to use a word and I, I don't want you, cause I'm not like a wokey, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not that guy. Um, matter of fact, I've like, kind of got accused of being on the other end. But anyway, uh, but that what you're talking about is the difference between colonization mm. and and gospel Christianity, mm -hmm. gospel conversion. Yeah, there's a difference between colonization mm -hmm. and conversion, mm -hmm. you know. And so when people have that colonization mindset, oh, we got to, everything has to fit within my mm -hmm. structure and culture. Um, and, and one of the first, <laughs> you know, you talk about surfing, uh, one of the first guys that, that we really uh, I would say discipled and really like brought in. Um, he had visited a church in um, uh, South Carolina where he lived, um, visited a church, knew somebody that went there. Um, and somehow that pastor pa uh, contacted another pastor in California that knew me and said, Hey, there's three dudes that are moving from South Carolina to Ventura to go live the like surfer California <laughs> dream. And they're literally like the surfer got like, they roll up in vans with board racks and Austin, I hope he listens to this because he's awesome. He's at Pastor Feld's church in Myrtle Beach in Cal uh, South Carolina. Um, anyway, Austin rolls up. He's got dreadlocks halfway down his back, <laughs> right? And he's on the front row worshiping God Love at our it. church. You know what I mean? And he, he's surfing every day. They move there literally to surf. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the dreadlocks would be off-putting for a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? Like they don't get it. Um, People were worried about the dreadlocks. Like this dude was toking like bowls every single day, right? I'm, I'm like, this guy needs to get his mind cleared from, you know, smoking, yeah. being high all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, like let that stuff, let God work it mm -hmm. out. And I'll never forget. So this is years down the road. We, we loved them. We, we stayed in Ventura one of the first years that we were there. And we didn't go and visit our family in Northern California for mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving. And we had those guys over for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. We're doing like, I mean, this is, you know, you talk about Bob Goff. If you've read yeah. Bob Goff, this is like my most Bob Goff Thanksgiving ever, <laughs> right? I've got a dude with dreadlocks, you know, uh, they slip out and they smoke a bowl because I can smell it when they come back in. <laughs> I'm like, my kids are here. I hope they don't know what's going on, you know, and, and. And then literally my wife and I had this box and there was uh, Juan, the, mm -hmm. the first one, he, he chipped in and we, we bought them all. They were making water for coffee to do a pour over in a Marie Callender's pie tin. What? That's all they had in their little like one bedroom <laughs> studio, right? Wow. And so we went to, to Walmart and just bought them like this big care package, like mm -hmm. towels, you know, soap, <laughs> you know, like and pots and pans yeah. and, and all that stuff. And, and this is our Thanksgiving, right? So I say all that to say, uh, you know, Austin gets the Holy Ghost, right? Mm -hmm. I baptize him in the Pacific Ocean, dreadlocks and all, right? Mm -hmm. He ends up um, having his family was falling apart back. Uh, his uh, somebody in his family had passed away. I forget who it was exactly. And his family's falling apart. He felt like he needed to move back to be their first mom. He moves back to South Carolina. He's he's dialed in. He's loving Jesus. He's serving, right? I mean, he's just on fire with the Holy Ghost, doing well. And he calls me one day. And I was like, oh, man, hey, what's up, Austin? And I'm being careful because mm -hmm. he has uh, Pastor Feld's his, past, his new pastor now. We've been in contact. He's a great guy. Um, and and I'm being careful. And he, he's like, I got a question, you know. I was like, oh, boy, okay. You know, he's like, you know, what, what do you think about, like, uh, you know, 
Corinthians where it talks about hair and all that. And I was like, well, I'm bald. So, you know, it's kind of hard for me to have two of them. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm beating around the bush a little bit, but I know where he's going. And I'm like, okay, here's the moment, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I said, well, what, what did Pastor Feld say? He tells me, and I was like, well, I go, uh, I, I agree hundred percent with him. And I said, Austin, I said, you know, I said, you'll never regret making that choice, but you know, you may regret not making that choice. Mm -hmm. And so then literally hours later, he sends me a picture and it looks like he has like a dead animal in his hand and it's all of his dreadlocks and he just buzzed his head. And this is years mm -hmm. after he received the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. like a couple of years, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so we can get so caught up in, tr in the tradition of wanting them to look Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, those are babies. And so I say all of that to say, let God do the work. Mm -hmm. Let God do the work. Mm -hmm. Trust in God to do yes. the work. We don't have to go and colonize people. Mm -hmm. Right. The Holy Ghost is going to yes. do the work. It is him that doeth the work mm -hmm. in us. Yeah. That's what the scripture mm -hmm. says. And so, um, and we've seen that. We've been a living testimony of that. Um, we have people in our church. Matter of fact, we're going into a, a whole series this month. I'm kicking it off tomorrow um, called This Is My Testimony. I'm, I'm going to be the first one. I'm going to share. I, I always give parts and pieces of my personal testimony, but I'm going to share it like just everything, you know, and then we have other people that have volunteered to share parts of their testimony and, and we've seen it and we haven't pushed it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we teach the truth in love, mm -hmm. right? Yes. We, we speak the truth in love. Um, we, we command and teach. We don't hold anything mm -hmm. back. Um, we, we even use headquarters curriculum elements, you know, like we, we do all of that. Um, but we allow the Holy ghost mm -hmm. to do it. I don't, I don't want my church to get all cleaned up so people will be like, oh, well, he's preaching the truth. Mm -hmm. I want God to do the work because yes. when God does the work, it lasts. Yes. And it goes back to the why. The why. Identity. Yep. Like, I've got it now. Yep. I, I, I wanted, I could have told Austin, hey, man, you, you want to play the drums? All right. Well, you're not going to play the drums. And he knew. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, we had a platform standard. I'd be like, hey, cut your hair when you can play the drums next week. I never did that. You know what I mean? Um, and the, it wasn't because I was shy, I was bashful, mm -hmm. I was timid. I wanted, I wanted him to get it. Mm -hmm. And he got it when he got into the word mm -hmm. and when the word got into him yes, and so convicted good. him. And now, you know, he's living for God. He's mm -hmm. on fire. He's on, he's married. I mean, he's a soul winner. He's That's awesome. a good dude, you know? And I've loved that you have really gone into this in depth because even as we drove through the city yesterday and mm -hmm. we started to talk about how the church <laughs> is at its best when it is a spectrum mm -hmm. and we see believers of, of, varying like experience they've been here they've been in it for a month or they've been in it for 10 years and if they're struggling in their current church if they're struggling under current their current leadership and they're able to go somewhere else and thrive in that environment then we should be as ministers encouraging them to go through the proper channels but be in a place where they can connect with Jesus and be transformed by him. And if they're struggling in some way, like we want to put them in the most healthy environment, but we're going to reach people in, in our area in certain ways. And we need to have their an outlet for them to be reached by other people 100%. in certain ways. We are at our best. I mean, the, the beauty of Pentecost and the day of Pentecost is that it brought Jewish people from all over the known world. God did that intentionally. Absolutely. I'm fully yeah. convinced. Like, yeah. I mean, there's nothing that happens mm -hmm. by accident with God, mm -hmm. but I think he made that so pronounced mm -hmm. that it was on the day of Pentecost and there were believers from, there were Jewish people from all mm -hmm. over. Yep. You know, even, even people that were proselyted yep. to become mm -hmm. Jewish. So mm -hmm. yeah. Different races, cultures, mm -hmm. uh, belief system. I mean, they dress differently. And I yeah. just, I love the visual of that because as, as the apostolic church, we look at Pentecost as this day 
where it's defined everything that we are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we miss the fact that it was all of these people from all over the place with, they had to figure out how to work together and how to live together. And even Peter and Paul, like I laugh about um, some of their interactions and Mm -hmm. it's like, Peter is this um, heralded, like he is the guy. And Paul, they, the equivalent of like a local he had license. He's to the kingdom. Yes. <laughs> Preached yeah. on the day of Pentecost. Yes. And Paul's like yelling at him about how he needs to be more like accepting of, of new Christians and the way that they're doing things. He said, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. That's nice language. How did it really go down? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That was, <laughs> oh, screaming. That was like a parking lot confrontation. Absolutely. Yeah. And yet in the place of that, like that, those are growing pains mm-hmm. and those are going to happen as we progress into the future. But even looking, we're like the the church is accelerating and we're heading towards, you know, the end of the age and the coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this, how you have to, you have to be willing to plant the seed Mm -hmm. and see someone healed on the street and never see them again and understand that the seed was planted and that 10 years down the road, that thing is, that thing is uh, watered and it Mm -hmm. flourishes in another place. That's so good. And, it's the most beautiful experience. And like you said, it can be discouraging, yeah. but God, um, we, we, um, we've talked about, but it's his kingdom though. Absolutely. Yes. And the, uh, Jen mentioned this, um, I believe in our, some one of our previous episodes, the way that we don't, we desire validation. We don't, we're not, um, promised validation, but God comes through all the time. Maybe it's, maybe it's a day later or an hour later and he comes through and he validates everything that you've just done and shows you that you are important and that you are chosen, that you are loved and he has everything worked out. So in, in the face of that, like, I I don't know, is there any other instances where you've seen the validation of God and you just go, I didn't deserve this, but you gave it to me. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's so good, dude. What you were saying, sorry for saying, dude, that's just, I'm, that's California for you. Yeah. <laughs> I say bro a lot, that's, but I'm just a simple Midwest that's boy. That's the, so. the Midwest equivalent of dude in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, we, we were, when I lived in San Diego, we had an evangelist come through and they were from Oklahoma and they were really from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They weren't yeah. from like, yeah. you know, in the city, right? They were from wherever, mm-hmm. like, and, and their son was hanging around with us and we took him to the beach and, and he, and his mom comes to us one day and he's like, He's like, well, y'all going to have to uh, start changing the way you talk. Because my son, he came home and all he's saying is, dude, this, dude, that, dude, that. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> we were cracking up. Anyway, so that. that was so good, dude. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, there's been a, so many times. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, it's it's that, that, that scripture that I shared earlier. It's knowing him in the power of the resurrection, mm-hmm. the fellowship mm-hmm. of the suffering. Yeah. And it's just... It's that that constant tension of it. Um, you know, finances in a church plan mm-hmm. is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Brother Jimmy Tony, he said this. I don't know if it was in the church planning 101 or if it was just in one of his preachings or talks or whatever. And I think I heard Wayne Huntley say it as well. Uh, and they said, uh, don't plan a church if you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it goes against scripture, but it's wise, right? Yeah. Nobody builds yeah. a house without first considering mm-hmm. the cost, you know? So, um Finance is a huge thing in church planning, right? Mm-hmm. You know, costs money to mm-hmm. for curriculum, it costs money to rent a building, costs money to do outreach, costs money to maintain a website, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, money is like okay, you know. And I come from a building business background, so you know, I don't get lost in the details of numbers, but numbers tell stories to me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first few years of Coast Church, I was like, hmm, 
Like, I don't know how the how we're going to do this. Like, I'm not even trying to be full time. I'm not even full time now, like yeah. eight years in, but I'm not even trying to be full time at the point. But I'm like, I don't even know how once we don't get Christmas for Christ, yeah. how we're going to afford to pay rent. You know what I mean? I'm like, OK, we have this much in the savings. Like, I pretty much like I'm not shooting as many weddings. I'm like, don't have as much income right now. So anyway, um, we're at a pickup sticks, which is like a glorified like Panda Express. It's a little bit better, you know, and, and we're eating Chinese food. And I hear a lady and her husband talking behind us about cancer. She has cancer. And um, I just once again, this Holy Ghost mm-hmm. moment, go talk to her. I'm like, no, God. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. You know, back and forth. The tension. Mm-hmm. We find these things in the tension. And so I, I, I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to go like pray with her. And she's like, all right, you know. And uh, she knows that's not normal. It's not my day to day. I'm not yeah. one of these guys that just walks up to people at restaurants, mm-hmm. you know. So I go and I, I say, hey, I heard you You guys were talking. You know, I'm a believer. Do you guys have any faith? You know, or do you have any belief? Um, and we start talking and they have some faith background that they used to went to this church and this church and this church. And I was like, I'm just going to pray with you, you know. And anyway, I prayed with her. I didn't feel anything like amazing. It's been pickup sticks, you know, like <laughs> nothing amazing <laughs> happened. We didn't see cancers fall off. Um, but they did show up the next day. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. You know, the other story I told where the guy was healed, he doesn't show up to church. The other story, she's not healed. And then she does show up mm-hmm. to church the next day or the, a couple days later on Sunday. And, uh, and you know, we have church and blah, 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 you know, great day, all the, all the good stuff. And it was actually, we had a few people there that day. So it felt nice and I'm on, on a high and, um, but I had been worried and concerned, um, not disheartened, but I had been concerned and thoughtful about the finances of Coast Church. Like, where are we going with this? Is it going to be, am I going to have to get a second job? Mm-hmm. Which I've done. I've worked security mm-hmm. at night. I'm not ashamed to say that, mm-hmm. you know, like I, we do whatever we have to do, but I was worried. I, I was thoughtful of finances and the, these people have never been back to our church. I don't even remember their names. None of that stuff. They've never been back to our church. But they left us a check in the offering. And it was like a decent, it was like over $1,000, right? And we'd never had a, a check for anything over $1,000. I don't think we had an offering for over $100. It's manna you know? from wow. heaven right there. And, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and my wife's like, oh, my goodness. They put that couple, put this job. I was like, oh, that's such a blessing. Like, awesome. Yeah. And then that still small voice, God just spoke to me mm. and said, if you'll care about what I care for, you'll never have to worry about mm-hmm. finances. Stop. <laughs> wow. I'm glad I brought this because I'm going to need it. Um, it was just in that moment where God was like, like, I've got you. Mm. Like, I'm going to take, mm. like, hey, you stepped out on faith. You moved your family five hours away. You sold the nicest house that you've ever lived in. Like, not that I ever lived mm-hmm. in with my parents or anything. Like, like everything. My whole entire life, I'd never lived in a nicer home. We downgraded cars. Our, my fancy sports car I sold, uh, which I bought a Land Cruiser, which is cool because it's like now it's vintage and it's cool. But it was just an old car at the time. You know, we downgraded our other car and, and we sold things and we moved and we moved our whole family. And and now I'm worried about finances. Well, you take this great leap of faith and now I'm worried about finances. And God just like whispers, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like that moment with Elijah, uh, Elijah, where he's just like still small voice. If you'll take care of what I care about. You will never have to worry about finances. Mm-hmm. And we have seen it so Do I still work? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think God has that for a reason. Uh, my wife works 40-hour week job. Um, but God has just taken care of us time and time again. I've just seen it happen so many times. And I always go back to that, for mm-hmm. instance. And I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that question because mm-hmm. 
now we're all crying. <laughs> we are like all. really tears in the studios. <laughs> and, uh, um, there's so many, I mean, just so many, for instance, sometimes you'll doubt your spiritual prowess. Yeah. You'll be like, am I too, like, am I, am I becoming one of these, like, am I just a teacher now in the fivefold mm-hmm. ministry or do I, mm-hmm. you know, am I involved in the spiritual gifts? And, um, there was, we were in our storefront building in Montalvo, which is a little neighborhood. And I mean, there was literally like a shooting, uh, a drive-by shooting and somebody was murdered like literally 150 feet from the back door of our church. And my wife and two other ladies were painting that night like that. <laughs> it, it was the storefront was hood. And anyway, we have prayer meeting on a Tuesday night and this young lady comes. She had visited a couple of times and you could tell she had been messing with something. I don't know what it was, some kind of Santeria, witchcraft, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. we have a yeah. lot of that. Like we have these botanicas, which are these stores that are like kind of weird mixed with like Catholic faith and just, yeah, if you're, if you're Latino, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, and, and she came in, she'd been messing with something. You could tell, you could see it in her eyes. She was possessed. You know, there was something going on and, and she came in on Tuesday night when in the season of me, like being, am I just being like a robotic church planner right now? Just preaching my good messages, mm-hmm. going through working my systems and all of that. Am I losing the spiritual touch? Cause I never want to lose it. I want to be spirit and truth. I want to worship yes. God in yes. spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I being all truth? And, and then on a Tuesday night, this girl walks in and I'm like, oh, my, yeah, I know what's going on. I'd seen it. Matter of fact, Brother Sergeant, we were, uh, had a youth day and, uh, and there was a girl at the church just literally walks in from nowhere. And, and I watched him do it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so she walked in and I recognized it. And, and you know, long story short, we cast the, the demons out of her. And, wow. Um, you know, vomiting, all that good stuff, writhing around on mm-hmm. the floor. Like there were a few newer people were in a church plant. Mm-hmm. There were a few people, newer people that were like, their eyes were bugging, yeah. like mm-hmm. out of their head. They were like, whoa. And and sure enough, you know, that thing came out. She got the victory, started speaking in tongues. She spoke in tongues for like 20, 30 minutes after that. It was so powerful. And it was like, God like rocked my world again yeah. and be like, Scott, stop doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But for me, and, and I don't know what my Goliath is. I don't know if I've already, I've already faced my Goliath, but for me, I look at David's life and I look at his life as ministry. And mm-hmm. those are the bears and lions that, that build up that confidence to face Goliath. And now like, I'm, yeah, I'm human, but I'm not afraid. Cause I know that like, who's, who's this standing in the, you know, who's yeah. defying the army of God. Are you kidding me? No, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I have the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Like, I'm not worried yes. about mm-hmm. that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I faced some little bears and lions back in the day. But you know what? I saw God give me victory then, and he'll do it now. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, those are the things that that as a church planner mm-hmm. really have, have just propelled me. Now I'm like ready for the Goliaths. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. I love that. That is so encouraging. And I think a reason I was really tearing up when you were sharing that is because I'm in a season of transition and I'm losing my job in two weeks, but I'm responding to the obedience of God and moving halfway across the country. And through that, I've had these moments where I'm like, God, I'm leaving everything behind. I'm leaving a church I love. I'm leaving the mountains and the ocean. I'm leaving a job. I love everything. Yeah. But I know I heard from you. Yeah. And I'm walking out in faith. And, you know, I start looking at my finances. I'm like, how much can I live off of for how long? You know, all of this. (laughs) And God's like, where is your security? Yeah. 
Is your security in me or is your security in your strengths and your abilities and your resources? And I think God almost positions us and puts us in these moments to remind us, who are you trusting in? Mm. Who are you placing your faith in? And those moments are the moments that are going to prepare you. And so I'm encouraged listening to that because I've been telling people, I'm like, God had to like check me and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You don't need to worry. I'm going to take care of you. Have I ever failed you yet? Even in church planning, even in those low moments, God has never failed you guys. You know, and that's what's so powerful. And so we know in those moments when we're living out calling that we can walk and move forward and step out in faith and say, God's going to take care of me every single step of the way. He's Mm -hmm. never going to fail me. And right now, that's why I love that scripture of like, you know, I'm not trusting the things that are, that are seen, but that which is not seen. And I'm responding to the obedience of God and something that has carried me that I tell people is, um, someone I had read this somewhere and it said, someone out there is dependent on your obedience to the voice of God. Wow. That's powerful. And that when I knew, when I felt God calling me and saying, I'm, I'm leading you this way, and I know it doesn't make sense, but someone out there is dependent on your obedience, the voice of God. And it might just be for one person, for one, yeah. for one person. I'm saying, okay, God, I don't know, yeah. you know, but I'm just obeying you in this season and trusting you. And my financial security in two weeks is going to be gone, mm-hmm. but my security isn't in that. Absolutely. My security yeah. is in you. And so that encourages us. And that's how we're going to do big things for the kingdom of God. Yeah. By not relying on ourselves and our abilities and our strengths. And God gives us those things to step out and do things for the kingdom of God. But every step of the way, he's going to take care of us. He says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Yeah. Right. And we forget about that and we worry about the future. Okay, Lord, how are you going to finance? How are you going to, our rent is due. Like, how is, how is this going to come to be? And he always makes a way. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was on a run and I was like, you know, started worrying financially. I'm like, how is this going to mm-hmm. work out? And, mm-hmm. and God like checked me and had He's like, what are you worried about today? And I said, nothing. And he's like, do you have a job today? And I said, right now I was like, but in a few weeks, he's like, do you have a job today? today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I said, I have a job today. Yeah. I have a roof over my head today. Yeah. I have food on the table today. God, I have nothing to worry about today. Yeah. You're taking care of me. And just coming back to that moment of God, you're taking care of me. You got me today. Matthew six. I don't, yeah. Matthew six. Yeah. I don't need to worry about it. And think of how much things would get done for the kingdom of God if we stopped worrying about tomorrow and just mm. focused on today. Focus on the person that's standing right in front of you. Focus on the one, two people that came to your church today. You need to get me going somewhere with this. To me, if I had like a second life scripture, it's 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 Matthew 6, 33. Six, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Well, what are the things? Yeah. Is it like creature comforts and blessings? No, no, no. It's the, the bird that's eating. It's the flower that's looking beautiful. It's all those things that we worry about. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I try to speak that to our, my, my daughter, to my wife, to girls, you know, and, and young ladies in our church, mm-hmm. like, you know, the flowers don't worry about their beauty. Mm-hmm, God takes mm-hmm, care mm-hmm. of them. Um, but Wayne Huntley preached a message. Matter of fact, he, we had a, a sectional re, uh, ministers retreat back when I was in Northern California and he spoke. Um, and I guess he preached it at, general conference or somewhere, but he preached a message, taught a message at the the, the minister's retreat, the treasure is in the field Mm -hmm. and talked about, you know, the, um, where, where the man found a treasure, he sold all that he had, he bought the field, Mm -hmm. you know, and he Mm -hmm. talked about his, uh, experience in church planning and all that. And I have a son named Huntley, so you can tell how much I like, that's how church planning I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, he, he, he talked that, but then I started thinking about like David, right. Mm -hmm. You're going back to David. 
um, the bear and the lion, right? So when he shows up to the battlefield, right, where did Saul come from? He came from the palace. What does a palace represent? It represents comfort. It represents relying on the resources mm-hmm. of the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm not like digging too deep mm-hmm. and whatever, but mm-hmm. it, it, that's what that palace yeah. lifestyle and that comfort lifestyle. And where did, where did David stumble when he got in the palace? Mm-hmm. Where did David fall when he got in the palace? David was not messed up when he was mm-hmm. in the field. Mm-hmm. David was killing bears mm-hmm. and lions and he kept, kept that bear and lion killing battle mentality when he shows up to the field of battle to face Goliath, the same mentality. Mm. When when the prophet shows up at Jesse's house saying, I'm here to anoint somebody, mm. and he brings him all of the other sons, where do they bring him? They bring him from the from the house, mm-hmm. right? It's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. And, mm. and he's looking at him. Where did they come from? They came from the place of comfort, the place yeah. In, yeah. In, in the father's house. And we mm. like to stay in the father's mm-hmm. house, but the blessing is out on the field. And he mm-hmm. says, you know what? I don't see him yet. Is there another one? And, oh, yeah, it's David. He's out tending sheep. He's out working in the field. Your, our, our blessings, our greatest moments are going to be your treasure is mm-hmm. in the field. I have 20 people mm-hmm. in my church today because I got in the field as yes. a church planner yes. and walked around at Ventura yeah. College campus and went and ate burritos and invited my waiter. Mm-hmm. There's 20 people mm-hmm. in our church right now. There's there's future generations. Yes. I have a drummer in my church that that is there because I went and invited somebody. And so your, your treasure is in the field. It's not in the palace. Uh, you know, we could, what, well, what is the palace nowadays? It's, it's this, you know, job and, you know, white picket fence and house and family and, and marriage and all of these like pretty little things. Um, check this out. So I know all the hyphen are going to appreciate this one. Um, me and a good friend of mine, um, uh, I won't talk about him, but anyway, me and a good friend of mine, um, I had, I just came out of a relationship that I'm glad, uh, part of ministry, the biggest part of ministry, church planning is who you marry. Um, it's huge, way understated. They don't talk about it. They don't teach about it, but I'm going to talk about it because it's real. Um, and anyway, so I, I was in a relationship, a dating relationship as a young man. Um, it was not a good relationship. I was not doing right. Um, matter of fact, talk about brother Sergeant. Uh, he called me out prayer meeting one night. And he's like, you know, hey, Bo, nothing against her. But, um, you know, I just said, God just gave me the word poison. And I was like, oh, oh snap. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I, yeah, literally, um, God just shut that down. Right. And and I said, man, I'm getting off track. I know I have a calling. Like mm-hmm. I, as a little boy, I mean, I'm talking about my testimony. But as a little boy, Vesta Mangan pointed her bony finger in mm-hmm. my face as a young boy on the front row of First United Pentecostal Church in San Jose and, and said, God's, it, God's got great things for you. And then afterwards, she came and found me, like in mm-hmm. the back. I'm running around with my little buddies. Mm-hmm. I'm like nine years old, right? My parents are divorced. My life's a mess. But on the mm-hmm. front row, I just love Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And, and she called me out, and then she told me some other things. And so anyway, I ran from that. But when I got back to that, I was serious about mm-hmm. it. And then this relationship took me off track. Mm-hmm. And then God ended it, spoke through Brother Sergeant, you know, Anyway, got into that, and I said, you know what? I just need to focus. And so I had a, had a friend, and we said, hey, dude, let's for a year, we'll still hang out, we'll still hang out with girls. We're not whatever, but for a year, let's take a vow. We're not going to date. We're not going to seriously date or court a girl for a year, right? And I believe in dating mm-hmm. and courting. I believe in dating in groups, courting individually. That's like, you know, process. Mm-hmm. And so for a year, on the almost to the stinking day, can I say stinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost to the stinking day. <laughs> 
I show up and here is my wife and we go to the most romantic place on the earth called Olive Garden. And, uh, that, my wife is going to jump for joy hearing you say that's that. That's a joke. All the Midwest people are like, oh my goodness, that is so dreamy. But I don't know, maybe your Olive Gardens are better than ours out here. But anyway, so we, we have, and then like, that's where I started dating my wife. But it was because I was willing to go mm-hmm. out in the field and mm-hmm. do the hard work, the soul mm-hmm. work of, mm-hmm. of the internal stuff mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you're getting off track, get back on track pray, get in the word of God, get the word of God in you, go in souls, make disciples. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I got back into it and boom, the thing that I was worried about, like, mm-hmm. am I ever going to find somebody, you know? <laughs> um, Cause I had older friends and they were already married. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was really concerned about that. And once again, God's like, no, seek first the kingdom, mm-hmm. all the things that you worried about, mm-hmm. you seek the kingdom and righteousness. You yes. seek to be in alignment. That's my favorite word, by the mm-hmm. way. You seek to be in alignment with me. I will take care of everything else. And sure enough, here we are. We've been married for 22 years and uh, three kids together. She's my, like, just, it's like Jesus, Cheryl, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. And and God literally opened that door up to know her Mm -hmm. after going out in the Mm -hmm. field, doing things. So Mm -hmm. that's where, I believe that's where we find the blessing. God wants us active. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So good. Man, I I know we could keep going and I want to, but we're going to we're going to wrap up and so I just if you have any final words that you want to share with this generation that you wish when you were a young adult that you could have heard, I want you to just share that and then pray us out. Yeah, yeah. Th- once again, thank you guys. It's such an honor and just to the National Hyphen team. You guys are you guys are filling a void and um and that that hyphen to me, it's always represented mm-hmm. a void in our ministry, mm-hmm. just in our tribe and in a lot of Christianity mm-hmm. in general. Um, and so, thank you guys for serving. Um, and I think part of it is like you guys, you guys have careers. Mm-hmm. You know, you have jobs. Mm-hmm. You're not just like in high school or whatever where you have all this yeah. free time. And so, I just want to honor you guys and thank you guys for doing that. Um, to to all the hyphen out there, let me let me just say this: that Matthew passage that we've been talking about seek first it can you can put it on a wall you can you can put it on your uh your home screen whatever but until you get that in your heart where you're going to do that Mm -hmm. and we talked about the discipline um i think what happens in this generation is we see things on instagram we see things on i hope you're not on tiktok but we see things on (laughs) social media and we're like i want to be that i want to do that and and we're sitting in the palace doing that Mm -hmm when that person was out in the field. You know what I mean? We see the fruits of their labor and we're not even, we, we want the fruits, but we're not even willing to grow roots. And so um, block out distractions, push things back, set time limits, um, have spiritual disciplines, like have spiritual disciplines in your life. Discipline is not a bad word. And I'm not one of these guys like, oh, this generation, they're just a bunch of whatever. No, no, I believe in in you guys, in hyphen. Like you guys encourage me. Um, in SoCal, we've got uh, Sister Victoria. Mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. Like hyphen ministry is encouraging me. Hyphen ministry is pushing me. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing amazing. So I'm not even saying that, but I'm saying if you're going to continue, mm-hmm. if you're going to face the Goliath, You've got to have the discipline when you're fighting the bear, when you're fighting the lion. You've got to have the discipline yes. to mm-hmm. daily watch after the flock, to do the job in, in every single day. So having that discipline um, and having that relationship with God is going to be everything. Get a prayer life. Mm-hmm. Don't go plant a church and not have a prayer life. Right. 
Don't go and help a church planner and not have a pro-life because you're going to give more problems to them than they already need. They're trying to win souls. And here they are counseling somebody that came to help them plant a church. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Get a prayer life. Get discipline. Get a relationship with God. You will never go wrong. Living for God is the greatest thing. Yes. Like, oh, uh, I live this life. And there are times where I will intentionally pause and be like, God, you have been so good to me. Yes. Gratitude is a beautiful thing. Let's close out in a, in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for, for bringing us together today. Lord, I, I believe your kingdom is, is only expanding and growing. Lord, there are hungry souls out there. There are people that are hurting, that are dying. Lord, the ones that you came to, the brokenhearted, the sick, the captives, Lord. And I pray, God, that, that something that has come out of this, this beautiful conversation, Lord, thank you for inviting me into it. But, but I just pray that something in this will empower, inspire, and propel somebody to go and reach souls, Lord, to go and and fill a greater role in the kingdom, Lord. And I, I, I just pray over hyphen that are listening to this right now, Lord. I don't know all of them. They don't know all of me, God, but let these words ring true in their soul, Lord. We've tried to be biblically sound today, and we've tried to honor you in all that we do and in our experiences that we've shared, Lord. But I pray that something would be profound and impacting, Lord, that somebody would walk away from whatever they're listening to, whether walking or driving, that they would leave this conversation right now and say, my soul is stirred. I want to get back to the basics of, of being in God's word and praying and having a relationship and reaching souls because that's what it's all about. I pray, Lord, that you would just come around our movement, Lord, this hyphen movement. God bless all of these wonderful leaders that are stepping up to, to put things like this out into the uh, social media and podcast world. Lord, I pray that you would use it for your kingdom, for your glory, Lord. Let us be vessels of honor and let us seek you first, Lord, in all that we do. I thank you for all that you're doing in this world. God bless each and every one that has listened. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we give you thanks. Amen.